Tēnā koutou and welcome to Hei Pai Tato. We are good, a podcast about emotions and mental health brought to you by students and staff from Teherengawaka, Victoria University of Wellington. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Jutel, Professor of Health at Teherengawaka and Director of Mata Ora, Encounters Between Medicine and the Arts. Our guest today is Professor John Randall. He's the Associate Dean Students at the Wellington School of Business and Government. And John was diagnosed with major depression some 10, 15 years ago, weren't you, John? Yeah, that's correct. Tell me about how you came to that diagnosis. I was too tired to ride my bike home. I'm a lifelong cyclist um, and live in one of Wellington's hill suburbs, Karori, um, work down in the city. And um, I started finding myself coming to almost a dead halt on the on the push ride, push bike ride home. Um, and, you know, it was either a question of, of pedaling or falling over. Um, and that was that was finally my trigger to um, to go to the doctor um, and, and see what was going on. Um, he ran all sorts of tests, um, called me back in a few weeks later and said, well, you don't have cancer, um, but I think I know what is going on, and that's depression. And with that, about 15 years of sort of strange ups and downs made perfect sense. I say, so the diagnosis actually uh, explained and put order into this sort of disarray or but these strange things all came together? Yeah, so um, I mean, over the um, become a father, I had um, completed um, a PhD um, and before that a master's degree and before that an undergraduate degree. And sort of throughout that period, the relatively frequent Saturdays where I was curled up in a ball on my bedroom floor, sometimes literally, they, I'd, I'd sort of parked them as perhaps just some element of adult life. And because the other six days of the week, I was getting so much stuff done and achieving so much, I sort of ruled it out as anything um, that I needed to address or act on. So with that diagnosis, John, what else did you get? Firstly, did you get a sense of wonder or confusion or did it disturb you to have that label i think the overwhelming feeling was relief why john uh because all of a sudden the problem was defined and and therefore could be attacked sort of i'd, I'd been through this period where you know in hindsight something was wrong but because i didn't know what it was um i wasn't employing any any strategies to deal with it and so the diagnosis, um, you know, brought overwhelming relief. And all of a sudden, we know what we're dealing with. I know what I'm dealing with. So let's start to try and solve this problem. So with the diagnosis, you get a treatment uh, or a range of treatments, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Were the, was diagnosis key to you making steps forward to living a happier life or a more functional life? What, what do you think, in addition to that relief, what were some of the immediate concrete 
or perhaps not immediate, perhaps progressively concrete benefits you took home from having a diagnosis? I've been taking medication since that diagnosis, um, but I think the, the medication that I'm on currently was the eighth or ninth attempt to get that right. That this medication, I think, stabilizes my mood at a, a disappointingly low level. It doesn't mm -hmm. feel like a normal level, but at least it's it's relatively stable. Could I, I excuse, the, could I interrupt you there, just because that's an interesting point you've just made. In fact, stability as opposed to up and down is a place you'd prefer than say the highs and the lows. Um, it's really the deep lows. I'm glad to see the back off. You know, so that's the and in the period of identifying this particular combination of medication was excruciating and the, um, the part the element of it I really did not like was constantly running diagnostics on myself how am I how am I feeling how what things do I need to remember to um, to share with my um, specialist so that he can you know know if this is working or not um, constantly thinking about how I was feeling wasn't wasn't a process that I enjoyed yeah. partly because you know you you um, you know you're an athlete um, you know that when you're out for a run or a bike ride and, and something feels a bit funny and you concentrate on it um, before too long that's all you can feel and how it feels is often just completely blown, blown out of proportion um, you know I'll sort of spend a ride thinking I've got a really sore knee and then you know finish and realize actually everything's sore but I was so focused on that element that it sort of became overwhelming. Diagnosis, in a way, was a key to therapy. It was a key to explanation and to understanding. But at the same time, it puts a little bit of a label or an identity on you that you've been forced to focus in on. There must be some advantages to that as well, though. Uh, is the diagnosis a kind of shorthand that allows you to communicate about yourself? What, what else can you do with this diagnosis? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that, you know, I think for me, the, the really important thing has has been self-understanding, you know, sort of sort of just, just being able to explain the sort of the experience of life that I've been having. You know, I, I don't think it, I mean, depression isn't a word that I utter very often. Um, I certainly feel quite um, able to, to tell people that I'm feeling down or that my mood isn't great, um, you know, and, and sort of some of them understand that that's the underpinning cause. Um, but, you know, it's not really, um, I don't know if it's, yeah, it's, it's actually just having some sense of, yes, this is, this is the, the underlying cause. But beyond that, I'm not sure it really sort of features from a day-to-day -day basis. Um, is that something that you sometimes have to explain to people? Uh, I mean, look at you, you're a, a tall, healthy fellow who does important work at the university and teaches students, large groups of students without any difficulty. Uh, you're involved in multiple high level projects. And then you say, and I suffer from major depression. Do people have troubles getting their heads around the fact that a person as able and as successful as you may still have depression and may still need to negotiate that as part of regular challenges of life? 
I hope it does challenge people, you know, because I think it, it sometimes it, it um, you know, forces us to assess the assumptions that we're making about, about mental illness um, and about the ability to, to operate at a high level. What, what are those assumptions, John? I think that, that if we assume that if someone has a, a mental illness, then their mental cognition or, or their mental their their ability is not, you know, is, is somehow diminished. And I think that's absolutely true um, at times, but it's not true, you know, universally, sort of over a period of time. So that's that, I think that's an important thing. And I guess the other um, the other challenge is that there's absolutely I mean I have absolutely no um, I'm not ashamed of it I'm not I don't feel like it's something I have to keep hidden to as a way of managing the risk of, of how people might react. Some diagnoses uh, bring with them a stigma and at the same time some uh, diagnoses bring with them sort of a legitimization of things that otherwise not might not be you know, as welcome socially. People perhaps uh, with a diagnosis of depression are maybe allowed uh, by virtue of that diagnosis to express themselves or to think about expressing themselves both for the social benefit that that brings. You know, you're talking about challenging uh, assumptions sort of more broadly with this diagnosis almost comes um, an understanding of how important an understanding that someone who hasn't been diagnosed or who goes through life a little bit more la-di-da might, might not even occur to them. And doing so in certain settings is quite important to you. There's, there's one comment that, um, you know, I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget. And um, one of the first times at work that I was, I was speaking openly about um, depression uh, in myself, was actually the manager of, of student counselling said to me afterwards, it must have been really hard to talk about it. And I said, it's not hard to talk about. It. It's hard to have. <laughs> the, the conversation, you know, it's, it's an, an easy thing to do relative to sort of the, relative to dealing with it um, on a daily basis. So, do, you, do you remember the first time you disclosed that to someone who had power over you? Um, do you remember what that felt like? I remember that, uh, the individual who I trust, I trusted, cared. Um, I remember thinking this person feels like he has no levers. Um, but I remember thinking if you if you'd offered me a hug, that would have been more useful than the things that you felt that you could offer. You know, and and that was something that I've you know that that. I've raised recently, you know, that actually our managers need genuine levers, need, need, a, need better training. I'm going to close by asking you a question about that discomfort. So your manager actually wasn't as well-trained as you might have hoped they would be, and yet you disclosed to them all the same. So the people listening to this podcast may be weighing up the decision to disclose or not to disclose. What words of wisdom would you give them knowing that they may or may not get quite the reception they hoped for they might get a better reception than they ever dreamed of but how would you um how would you advise somebody on that matter you know, i mean i remember thinking that, that whether i say it or not it doesn't change the underlying issue so the, the problem is there whether i tell anyone or not and so 
I mean, my view was that that if someone knows, then they're better able to interpret what they're seeing, um, and they may be able to help. I mean, I've 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 had some incredible opportunities at, at work since making the d disclosure when I when I told <laughs> the entire university I was a senior lecturer and now I'm a professor. You know, I've I've had a, a two month stint in in the senior leadership team where every individual in that room was aware of of um, you know the, the fact that I have depression um, and so entrusting people you know I think we, we we kind of anticipate what it might be like we we guess and, and probably people with depression um, guess in the most sort of dark and <laughs> terrible you know anticipate the most the, the most terrible potential outcomes but actually it it, it, it was empowering it was unburdening and it's you know I've there's there's literally not been a single conversation that I've had where I've I've sort of wished that I that I hadn't been open about it. That was John Randall and I'm Anne Marie Jutel. Ipai Thoughtful.